This morning's scripture reading is Psalm 60. You have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have shaken the land and torn it open. Mend its fractures, for it is quaking. You have shown your people desperate times. You have given us wine that makes us stagger. But for those who fear you, you have raised a banner to be unfurled against the bow. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. I triumph, I will parcel out Shechem and measure off the valley of Sukkot. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet and Judah is my scepter. Moab is my wash basin. On Edom, I toss my sandal and over Philistia, I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, God, you who have now rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God, we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to those joining online. Hello to you as well, and, uh, oh, actually, sorry, you're down here now, sorry. <laughs> Hello to you as well as we uh, join, jump into the scripture here this morning and hear what God has for us. First, let us pray. Lord, may the words in my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we're here today, I wanted to do another one-off sermon. Yay! So as we're here, as we continue to look at Scripture and just different parts of it, the last few weeks we haven't really been doing anything that kind of ties together, per se, other than being in Scripture. And today is nothing uh, different than that as well, kind of a one-off sermon. So if you haven't been with us or maybe you're joining with us the first time, those online, no problem at all. You're caught up. You're ready to go here today. Well, the book of Psalms, uh, we've talked about many different times, but what I love about the book of Psalms is that sometimes there's a specific event of why that book of Psalms, that chapter, was written, that is. And for instance, uh, if you ever look at the Psalms, some of them have like little headers, if you will, and underneath it, it tells you the context of what that Psalm was. And our Psalm 60 here today has one of those. I'll read it to you just real quick. It's a little lengthy, but it, it, it will, we can read it fast enough. It says this. For the director of music, to the tune, the lily of the covenant, a mictum of David, for teaching, when he fought Aram Nehirim and Aram Zobah, and when Joab returned and struck down 12,000 Edomites in the valley of salt. And so it gives this kind of this little bit of background here as far as what was going on when this psalm was not only written, but when it was later compiled and put in here, how they understood it. And I love that because some of those stories you can go back in Scripture and find. And in fact, that's a story that happens in this one. But first I have to ask you, have you ever had a bad day? You know, it's one of those days where just nothing goes right. My wife and I felt like we had one of those yesterday. We're like, all we were trying to do was set up a pool for the kids in the backyard. Just a little inflatable pool. And it was 9 o'clock at night before we, you know, we started in the morning trying to do this. And the, the way the day went, it was 9 o'clock at night when it finally got done. And so we had one of those days. Well, this is a day where, like, David's having a bad day, right? 
And King David is who I'm referring to. He's the famous king of Israel. And at this point of, of David's history, he's been a great king. Like there's, he hasn't had his, his fall yet, if you will, or the, the parts where, you know, we go, oh no, why did he do that? He's, he's really, really good. And he's being very successful. And in fact, his whole kingdom is being very solidified at this point. He's fought his battles. He's done his things. And at this point, um, he's pretty much solidified. And so he started doing what kings do to for other kings. He starts being gracious and caring about them and, and trying to build up relationships with them. Now, it's important to know for this story that uh, Israel had some kind of kingdoms around it that they were kind of favorable, but they also kind of went to war with each other a lot, too. And, and so there was some history of, of, uh, of uh, uh, descendants, if you will, that they had in common so it was kind of like little brothers or something fighting every now and then, you know, like they got along when, the, when someone came and threatened them. But, you know, when it came, when, the, when there was no threat, they just kind of fought with each other just because, you know, it was kind of like one of those deals. So those kingdoms you should know about for this story are Moab, Edom, and Ammon. And so Ammon, all of these are east of the Dead Sea from Israel, if you think of modern day. Uh, day. And in fact, if you go top to bottom, I was actually on a map from north to south, it goes Ammon, Moab, and then Edom, that order. And as this was going on, this story takes place where basically, and it's told in 1 Chronicles chapter 19, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it here today, but you can go and read this story for yourself. There was a king of Ammon, and he was well known and, and known from the world, and he died, and his son succeeded him. And the, the father's name was Nahash, and the son's uh, son came along, and his name was Hunan. And Hunan was grieving and all that stuff. Well, David did what kings do to show graciousness at the time. He sends a delegation to come over to, to the king and say, hey, we're extending our sympathies to you for your loss. We, were, we want to continue the treaties that we've had with you. We want to continue to honor you. We honor your father as a great king and, you know, kind of that stately matter of doing that. Well, unfortunately, in the days, a lot of times spies would do this. And so the king of Ammon gets convinced by his royal, you know, helpers that these are spies, that David has no intention of actually, you know, it's not, this is not a goodwill tour, if you will. This is King David trying to come spy out the land so that they can come attack and steal everything. And so he ends up taking the messengers of King David, and first of all, he shaves off their beards, right, so they have no hair, and they, they're disgraced in that manner when they're walking around. And then he does something that's kind of funny, and as a, you know, I don't know how I'm going to explain this to my kids one day when I tell this story, but there's no other way than just to say it how the scripture says it, and that is that he takes all their garments and cuts them off mid-level buttocks, right? And so, and then sends them away, right? And you can experience this disgrace, right? Like if you didn't have your pants, if, if all your clothes were cut off right about here and down, and you know, if you had something like a beard that was, that was thought of as something you should have as a man in the day, and you got that shaved off and you were sent out, it would be a horrible, it'd be like that nightmare you have in the middle of the night when you wake up in the classroom and you're naked, you know, you gotta get up and in front of the classroom, right? And all of a sudden you realize you have no clothes on. It's kind of like that, but for real, it actually happens. And so of course they come back and the messengers, uh, you know, some people come back and tell King David what happens. And he tells the, that group of people he had sent, he says, okay, stay in Jericho, wait till your beards grow back and all that stuff so that you can not feel as ashamed when you come back. And so that's exactly what they do. But the Ammonites realize that they have messed up and they realize that, ooh, David's gonna come for them. And, and kind of one of those things they sporadically do, right? And, and King David's sitting there, he's going, what in the world? Like, I try to do a good thing, and look what happens, right? You've had those days too, right? And so that's exactly what happens. Uh, the, the Ammonites call up their friends, the Arameans, and so they get the whole bunch of chariots, and they hire chariots to come down, because they know David's going to come fight them. 
And in fact, that's exactly what happens. David sings his general Joab. Joab comes up. They end up fighting it out. But basically, the Ammonites run away. And then they get more people. They get the huge empire to come down, if you will, the huge army to come down. And David rallies all his troops, and they come up, and they're about to fight this big, huge battle of which the other group has chariots, the other group's got more people, the other group's got, like, very skilled warriors and all these different things. And then there's David and his posse that ride up. And that's when this story of, King, of Psalm 60 is written. That before this battle, that King David's sitting there, and he says, why, God, have the waters rushed against us? And you've broken this land. I mean, you just look before him, all the armies about the fight, right? You've broken this land, heal it. But especially, I love the line that even though he's about to fight this battle, he says this in, in verse 4, but for those who fear you, you have raised a banner and unfurled it against the bow. On that day, David fought and they won. But as David was, even though he was a mighty warrior, even though he had mighty warriors with him, he always looked for his true hope to be God and not his warriors or his arm or his sword or his shield or his bow. And that image of God meeting David on his bad day, on that day where he tried to do something good and the things just kept compiling and getting worse and worse and worse. And David looks at it and says, you know what? For those who seek the favor of God, the banner gets unfurled and protects them from the bow. In fact, that day David and his army win went in a big way, and in fact, they basically secure the kingdom from the whole eastern side of the whole entire empire of his and his kingdom of his that day at this battle. But that image of God raising a banner over you. One of the things as we followers of Christ know is that God protects us in so many ways and that, yeah, we need to do our due part, right? David shows up ready to fight a battle that day. But ultimately, it's God who protects us, God who we lean in on, God who gives us the grace and the power for that day. As we continue to follow Christ, we want to continue to lift up that banner over ourselves and each other to proclaim God's grace upon us. Let us continue to always do that here and now and forevermore. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to your table here today, we seek your grace and your peace once again. For God, we do remember this great story of Jesus Christ coming to this world. Lord, finding us even in a sinful state, loving us, not only showing us the ways of the kingdom, not only showing us and teaching us, but surrendering his own life, death on a cross. So God, as we, your people, gather here today, we first of all remember that we don't come to this table because we're worthy. We come to this table because you love us and invite us to become whole once again. And so, Lord, we remember that on that night in which you betrayed, you were betrayed, you broke bread, and gave it to your disciples. You said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, you took the cup, gave thanks to the Lord, gave it to your disciples, and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, in these your mighty acts, many more that we remember here today, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to you in union with your offering for us. May you be upon these elements, and may these gifts of bread and wine be the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by you and broken and given to this world. 
Lord, may your Holy Spirit be with us here today as we proclaim Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as kingdom now and ruling forever. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.